It's Monday, and you know who's going to be joining us today? It's Mitch Wolf. We're going to talk a little bit about Matt Ryan, Harold Landry, and we're going to also get into women's basketball in the NCAA tournament. All this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Today's episode of Locked On Boston College is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. Runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. With me, as I said, as always, is Mitch Wolf. He's here for Mondays with Mitch. Mitch, how's it going? Doing good. Uh, By the time this episode is available, you know, we'll probably get some more info about NFL free agency actually getting underway. So it's going to be a very exciting week in the NFL. Yeah, I I, the big news before we started hitting the record button was that Tom Brady is returning. What are your thoughts on that, Mitch? (sighs) These great (laughs) quarterbacks just really hate their families, I guess. You know, he spends, you know, a few weeks or a month or so with uh, Giselle and his kids. And he's like, man, I can't do this anymore. I need to get back to football, I guess. So I don't know. He's this guy. uh, I'm sick of him, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm a Pats fan, so I I tend to be okay with it. But uh, the news cycle is a little obnoxious. And yeah, I mean, it's also, you know, this is kind of fits into the scheme of Aaron Rodgers things as well in that, oh, there's something else happening that's newsworthy. Nope. I'm going to take it over, you know, because Aaron Rodgers takes over the first day of, uh, Oh wait, what was happening during that day? Anyways, he took, I uh, took, he took out the combine, and now Tom Brady's taking out Selection Sunday in March Madness. Oh, so. Aaron, was it the MLB? Uh, oh yes, that's right. Yeah, the MLB uh, stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, while we're talking quarterbacks, there was some another quarterback who didn't hijack news, but actually had a really important uh, contract change happen, and that was Matt Ryan. Uh, Mitch, talk a little bit about that because I know it was a huge albatross around the Falcons' neck. Yeah, that's a great word for it because. Uh, Matt Ryan's contract, it's still the fifth highest for quarterbacks and the fifth highest overall contract in terms of uh, just money in the NFL. Uh, when he signed, it was a five-year, $150 million contract with $100 million of it guaranteed. And this year, it's kind of funny. Like there, If you go into spotrack.com, which is a great resource for cap and contract information, it says that there was a potential out this year where the Falcons could get away with, quote-unquote, only – $55 million in dead cap. Uh, but they did some restructuring that freed up about $12 million in cap space, but he, it's still a huge cap hit. He's still uh, his salary or his uh, contract this year is worth $36 million. So he's still a huge part of that cap on a team that really doesn't have any talent. And they're kind of trying to rebuild, but they're trying to rebuild around a 36 or 37 year old quarterback. So I, I'm still wondering if they're going to try to trade him uh, because they probably should have started the true rebuild last year, even though his contract is, was crazy, but you know, it's, it's, it's a little unfair to him that he kind of now has to deal with this really bad team around him as in the waning years of his career. Yeah. I mean, he still clearly has a lot of talent left in mm-hmm. him, and, but what teams could honestly like afford that contract or give up pieces that would be attractive to Atlanta? So there's only a handful that just have the raw amount of cap space. Uh, so, but so the, the there are five teams: it's the Colts, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Jaguars. And obviously, the Jaguars aren't going to do it. The Jets probably won't because they're still going to try to build around Zach Wilson. 
Dolphins are kind of in that same boat, even though Matt Ryan is would be familiar with Mike McDaniel and that Shanahan coaching staff. Seahawks just traded away Russell Wilson. They seem to might actually be building around Drew Locke, which is uh, interesting. But the Colts are the team that really intrigues me because they have $60 million in cap space. So that's, you know, Matt Ryan takes away about half of that cap space, but they still have plenty of money to keep building talent around them. And the Colts just acquired some uh, day two draft capital, which could turn into day one draft capital when they traded away Carson Wentz. So, you know, in, in this market where you are trading away for quarterbacks, you know, you need to uh, give away significant assets as we saw with the Russell Wilson trade with Matt Ryan. It's a little different because you theoretically don't need to trade as much because he has that somewhat bloated contract. So you could see the Colts be able to acquire Matt Ryan for a relatively decent price in terms of uh, from the market of how franchise quarterbacks are being traded around the league right now. Yeah. I mean, sounds like a, that, that, and that would make a lot of sense. And that, and that would work probably well for Matt Ryan too, because the Colts aren't honestly that bad of a team. And no Colts have a, and good for him as he kind of goes into the latter part of his career, you know, they've got a great running game, a really good offensive line. Uh, that defense is pretty solid. They've got good players there. He's in a dome again. So that's good for him as he you know goes into his late thirties and forties and they're in a pretty weak division. You know, the Titans might start to kind of regress the, Texans are a laughing stock. The Jaguars are building from the very bottom up. So, you know, that still gives them a good chance to, you know, make the playoffs. And even though it's a very crowded AFC conference, the AFC South is there for the taking. All right. And so the other um, free agent news that BC related was Harold Landry, who many uh, sports reporters were wondering whether he would have gotten franchised and he actually was not and got an, a massive deal. Mitch, talk a little bit about what, uh, how much Landry was locked up for and what you think of that deal. Right. So Harold Landry signed a five-year, $87.5 million contract with the Titans, which included $52 million guaranteed at an average annual salary of $17.5 million per year. And that average is a little weird because the first year he only gets paid uh, $5 million. The next, in the next three years, it goes way up after that. But that ranking of 17.5 average would put him as the uh, sixth highest paid edge defender outside linebacker uh, in the NFL. Uh, and it would have the Titans having one of the most expensive edge rusher duos in the NFL with him and Bud Dupree, who they signed last off season. But, you know, I still think this is a pretty good deal. You know, you're getting a guy who is a, one of the best young pass rushers in the NFL. Um, he's a young player. He, he's you're getting him at a, a market price, but before the market has even gone up, like you're getting him, uh, after TJ Watt signed an extension, you're getting him for significantly less. Uh, a lot of the guys behind him uh, aren't really going to be up for a new contract. So it's look, I think this is a great deal uh, for the Titans as well. You know, it's a great deal for both parties, basically. Um, you know, it's always happy to see BC guys go out there and do well in the NFL. And, you know, this contract will take Landry into him being into his thirties. Uh, so, you know, after that, he might be able to kind of move around the league, but yeah, like you said, you know, I think some people expected him to get the franchise tag, but they elected not to do that. And now he gets the full contract, which is great to see. Yeah, big money right there. So, Mitch, going off of the NFL, we'll talk about boss. I want to ask you a question. I didn't prep you for this. <laughs> Dave DeGuglielmo, uh, BC's <laughs> offensive line coach, has become probably one of BC's uh, top Twitter follows on Twitter at this point. He, how would you describe his tweets? I feel like they're almost... They're they're almost theater of the absurd. Where where, where are you at with them? I, I, I they are very funny. Like I, I enjoy them a lot because I, I I'm not sure about I'm not sure about his level of the awareness of the bit, but 
regardless, it's very fun to watch just him tweeting about big dogs and uh, the, the tweet about the Uber with the uh, the Amish uh, buggy and horse was truly inspired. I don't think I've ever seen content that good. So um, I'm happy that we have at least somebody on the coaching staff that's kind of leaning into um, being a social media personality. Although I, I do, I am concerned that if the year starts and the offensive line isn't performing up to expectations, people might start getting on him for tweeting when he might've should have been coaching. But I, I think for now we can just enjoy it as, you know, somebody keeping uh, the football content at the forefront for Boston college. Um, I loved, I, yeah, you mentioned the one with the buggy, which uh, I saw a whole bunch of Notre Dame fans getting upset about. Um, but he also had one up earlier today about um, snacks. <laughs> Did you see this one? Um, I'm looking on his thing right now. Uh, wow. There's just, <laughs> it's, oh, I found it. I found it. <laughs> there is no such word in a big dog's all in cap letters vocabulary as snack accident. If a big dog eats it, be a morsel or the entire bag, it's done deliberately to completion. I'm sorry. This is killing me. I just besides, imagine, besides, I just imagine his, his office has got to look like that picture of uh, Courtney or uh, Chloe Kardashian's pantry, where it's just this magnificent picture of just all these snacks just lined up yeah. to perfection. And he just goes and peruses it like a majestic library or something. But I mean, the tweets of this, just, they just range everything, you know, he's coaching clinics, players. <laughs> uh, he has, you know, she's retweeting things from Boston college. Um He's tweeting Old about Amy Fuller, who I know. Yeah, who doesn't uh, dis- like BC whatsoever. Disassociates herself from BC, but hey, he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even know. <laughs> this guy's great. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I saw something. I think it was Christian Mahogany tweeted about like getting syrup uh, on the sidelines from when the offensive lineman dish out pancakes. So if if that's like the offensive lineman's like turnover chain trophy, if it's just them taking uh, hits of a bottle of syrup, I'm all on board for that too. So if you if you don't get what we're laughing so hard at, it's at coach underscore Goog, G-U-G-E. It is well worth it. Every Twitter, fo- all the younger Twitter followers out there probably are following him already, but um, it's just good offseason content. It's nonstop. He's just every day it's got something new. So check out, check him out. I, I got to get him on this podcast at some point. I feel like I'm going <laughs> to talk to him. Um, I, and I need to get to a practice soon so I can ask, I can, I can ask halfway about him too, because I want to know what his thoughts are about all this. <laughs> I feel like there's, there are like two breeds of offensive line coaches. There's the ones that are, you know, extremely quiet and don't really say anything. And then there's ones like Gooch who are just like ex- completely eccentric characters. Like there's really no in between, honestly. <laughs> So well worth it. So Mitch, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. And that's where you'll be finding all my uh, tweets about BC uh, sports and uh, the NFL draft and all that good stuff. All right, Mitch, thanks so much. In a moment, I'm going to talk a little bit about BC recruiting as the Eagles lost one of their top rated recruiting recruits. I'm going to talk about what the uphill battle is going on in, in the Bay State and what Jeff Halfley has to hit to get those recruits to start committing. All this and more in just a moment. Man, do I love March Madness, and I love those brackets, but I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Heroes NCAA Game Pick'em pit the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. 
take control from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, and funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're playing against. In addition, their pick'em games, they have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. -head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at StatHero.com slash LockedOn and use promo code LockedOn for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com slash LockedOn and use promo code LockedOn for a 100% match. At StatHero.com slash LockedOn, promo code LockedOn, terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is here. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running our brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard picks, RunYourPool.com offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, RunYourPool can help you take some of that madness right alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, join up to runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize up to $1,800. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. This is Locked On Boston College, A.J. Black. We're going to start talking a little bit about recruiting here as Boston College football lost a commitment over the weekend. Four-star defensive tackle Bubakar Traor, I hope I got his name right, from Catholic Memorial, announced on Saturday evening that he was decommitting from the Eagles. Now, he was one of a trio of Catholic Memorial players that had pledged to Boston College in 2021, joining uh, wide receiver Jaden Skeet and running back Detrell Jones. Now, this it was a big it's a big loss for BC. There's no way to kind of sugarcoat this because uh, Bubakar is one of the he a is a big time recruit. He's uh, top hundred on two four seven. He's number eighty eight overall. He is at a position of need. You always want good defensive linemen. He's one of the best ranked, um, and he's a local kid. So all of those kind of combine, it stings. It stings to lose a guy like this. And you and the thoughts and, and, and questions start to arise. Why did he decommit? What was his decision making? Well, he's not saying anything because he just did the usual uh, iPhone notepad, uh, please respect my decision type of thing. But you can kind of read between the tea leaves and figure out why he chose what he did. And the reason is there's a major program sniffing around. And that major program also just landed another local kid a couple of weeks ago, and that is Notre Dame. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, from I have my sources through SI, are pushing very hard for Bubakar. And, you know, a lot of times when they're making these types of pushes, they ask the kid to decommit for various reasons to, you know, show he's, you know, interested, whatever. So, you know, I think he's keeping his options open. And it could be Notre Dame. He also has offers from Michigan, Pitt, Wisconsin. I mean, the, the names are, are popping up. And with a ranking like he has, there will be more. And so when you lose a kid like this, a local kid, 
the first thought is why. And I saw people throwing around NIL. It's not that. I'm telling you right now, it's not NIL. That has, that's just a buzzword I think people are throwing around when you see Arch Manning getting you know big money. The big NIL deals that are dragging kids in are for big elite recruits. And though Traor has some some of those markings, he's not a blue chipper. So he's not going to get a huge NIL deal to go sign somewhere else. It doesn't make any sense. That's not how it works. He's looking at the sh- – I'm sure he, the coaches are telling him about the shape of the program. And right now, Boston College, there's excitement about it, but they're still 6-6 six and six two years in a row. Or 6-5 six and five one, 6-6 six and six another. Notre Dame is a playoff caliber team every single year. They have a history. They are in a league that is very different right now than Boston College. And that stinks. I know many Boston College fans hate Notre Dame, but you have to admit it. They're ranked every single year. They're beating good teams. They make the playoffs. Why else? Why would a kid not listen to that? It gives him national exposure. It gets him into a much better atmosphere. You know, there's all sorts of chances to get into the NFL at a higher level when you play for Notre Dame than you do at Boston College. I mean, look at all the guys from Notre Dame that get into the NFL. It's it's crazy, right? So that that's one piece. The other piece I think that needs to be addressed as well is Boston College's standing in Massachusetts. Now, I've heard from different people that the coaches, the local high school coaches don't view Boston College all that highly and that they push their kids to go to other schools. Not a surprise. These coaches see a school like Notre Dame and if they get their kid to go play for Notre Dame, that is a different, um, you know, uh, stamp in their book than sending them to Boston College. When you have your kid come from your high school and plays on NBC every single week against marquee teams, it's very different than playing in Chestnut Hill. And so a lot of coaches have that. And they've had, I've heard buzz that there's not great relationships for, with previous coaches. I know Steve Adazio, we all know he was a bit abrasive. And and Frank Spaziani did not do much to get the, the program into the right direction. And and coaches saw that. They saw BC falling apart. They saw a, 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 a arrogant head coach in, in Steve Adazio. So, the, you know, Jeff Halfley's kind of playing behind the eight ball right here. And the only way that he's going to fix that is by winning. And honestly, at this point, who cares about local recruits to a point? Like if these kids want to go play at Notre Dame and Clemson and whatever, Boston College doesn't have that stink when it comes to other areas of this country. And that's crazy to think about. But kids from the DMV area, kids from the South, kids from California and Texas, they hear and see what the coaches tell them. And Boston College coaches can sell this program because they, they you're right. They don't know Boston College all that well. But when you have some really good talking coaches in your living room telling you about the great education, the city of Boston, all the history that Boston College has brought and, and the potential for the future. For kids that aren't in Massachusetts, it's a much easier sell than when your coach in Massachusetts is telling you BC has stunk for 20 years. So it's it's easy. I think BC, what you're gonna want is yeah, it stinks that you see these local kids go somewhere else. But 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 put on your put the lens and try to reflect on what is the best for BC. You're getting kids like Sione Hala from California, who is a he's gonna be a star. You got CJ Burton from DMV, he's gonna be a star. You got Bryce Steele from South Carolina, Zay Flowers from Florida. 
that's where the future of BC football is until you can fix the on-field results. So you get the big-time recruits from those other states because they can hear the recruiting pitches and not have their their high school coach telling them otherwise, and you're going to be fine. So this stinks, and I wouldn't be surprised if either Dottrell Jones or Jaden Skeet gets, gets some uh, pressure from other uh, schools too. I'm not saying the Catholic Memorial coach is doing this. I'm just saying I've heard from the state in, in general. So I think BC, if they really want to be that next level, they need to just continue to try to get those good recruits from other states. And once the on-field level increases, those local kids will see, oh, BC's on, you know, NBC today. Uh, you know, they're, the, the local affiliates are talking about them on the radio. That could change some thoughts. But it's going to take a while. I And I think things like Treyor, it happens. That's why Christian Wilkins went to Clemson. And, and you see, um, you know, Sanistrill from Everett. He went to Michigan. It, it's, it's kind of the double-edged sword of living in Massachusetts. The 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 coaches around here know what BC has been like, and then Jeff Halfley's trying to change that, but he's also going against what has already happened. So just my thoughts on recruits. It, and again, it stinks because this kid would have been great. But, you know, there's other good defensive tackles that BC's looking at, and I think some of them are almost as attractive as him. So we'll talk more about those as the week goes on. And I'll be doing on BC Bulletin um, uh, a free... Uh, big board of all the recruits for each position. We did one on running backs and I'll start doing wide receivers, tight ends, offensive linemen, all the names and kind of where BC's at from all my background knowledge of talking to the kids, talking to the staff, things like that. You're going to want to hear that. But thanks again for checking out Locked On Boston College and making it your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th. That's today, right here on the Locked On Boston College podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. And football season is over. Tournament time is around. And it's finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head to over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. And for those of you that have started to listen to us on YouTube and have subscribed, thank you. It's a super simple thing that you can do to help support the podcast, but it makes a huge difference because YouTube, it's so much easier for people to find us if you subscribe. So for those of you that are listening and you like this podcast, go to YouTube.com. Just hit Locked On Boston College into the search engine. Hit that subscribe button. It'll take you 10 seconds. It's not going to spam you a whole bunch of stuff. You probably already have an account. And then your subscriber numbers will help other people who like Boston College or college sports find us. And it would be a huge help. So do that today. And I thank you immediately for doing all of that. So this is our our kind of news breakdown. And the, what we're going to talk about, uh, I, was, I was recording with Mitch. I had my phone going in front of me as I'm waiting to see if BC women's basketball would make the NCAA tournament. We knew the men's team would not. They were 13 and 19. They were not even close, but you know, they had a nice run in the ACC tournament and that was the end of their season. And they're not going to make the NIT or any of those other tournaments because they have a losing record. There's a bunch of teams above them. Uh, unfortunately, their season is over, but the women's basketball team, they were 19 and 11. And they, were, they were on ESPN. The last four teams out, they were one of them. And the news, we were waiting to see if they'd make it, and ESPN was dead on. They did not. 
Boston College did not make the NCAA tournament, and you're going to have to look back at those two Florida State games um, because you, Florida State was the last ACC tournament team to make it, and they beat BC twice in the last month. That's it. You got to beat your teams that you need to beat to get into that tournament. And Florida State is not, you know, NC State or Louisville or you know, those those dis- teams of destruction that d- destroy t- other smaller teams in the uh, in, uh, women's basketball. They're a team that were like right on your par. They were another bubble team, and they were the last team to make it in. So yeah, it's disappointing, but you know that's kind of on them. They lost the games that they needed to win, and that that's it. Now they're going to head off to the NIT. I don't know who they're going to play yet. I don't even know how to find. I haven't been able to find where the NIT matchups are going to be for women's basketball. But uh, good luck to them. They are a fun team to watch. It's disappointing uh, because Cam Schwartz is graduating after this season, I believe. I think she's done. And um, they're going to have to rebuild a little bit. But they've got some talent coming in, too. Joanna Matinami's done a great job on the recruiting trail. So there's some exciting names. I mean, Maria Gagdang was is a true freshman, and she is going to be Probably one of the best defensive players in the ACC next year. She already broke a, you know, BC's blocking records. She'll be back. Um, but I get it. It's it's a, it's a disappointing end to the season. Uh, for men's basketball, just quick little news that Quinton Post, who scored 14 points a game in his three matchups in the ACC tournament, was named ACC tournament second team, um, which is great. I mean, hey, he he played in three games, and uh, I think there were only other two other teams that played three games in the total tournament total. So Post got his money's worth. He's an exciting player. I, I love watching him. Um, he's got a little attitude to him, too. Have you noticed that, like, over the last couple of weeks, um, every time there's a scrum, it's always around Quentin Post, whether he's, um, you know, shoving someone or someone stepping over him, probably because he's trash-talking. Um, and he's a, he's a fun player and one I think people are going to really start to get behind uh, when he comes back next year. But that's a nice little award for him. For a guy that came in from Mississippi State last year, Averaging, I think, 2.1 points per game. And he had 14 in the tournament per game. So that was a, a great year for, for Quentin Post. And we'll, we'll, we'll get start getting into previews of basketball um, and get news as it comes along because we're going to know scheduling stuff. I'm sure there's going to be transferring news. There'll be all sorts of stuff there. But that's that. In terms of hockey, well, men's hockey defeated UNH in overtime on Wednesday. But their season came to a close at Matthews Arena against Northeastern on Saturday. Now, Northeastern was the Hockey East regular season champs, and uh, they jumped out to a 3-0 lead. BC, to their credit, roared back to a 3-2 deficit. They tried to score with under a minute and a half left with no goalie. Couldn't do it, and their season comes to a close. Um, just a tough season overall. Once you lose all that talent that they lost last year, you know, between Alex Newhook and um, Matt Boldy and Spencer Knight, you know, you lose those goal scores. There was a big gap. You just didn't have, like, you had, um, you had McBain, you had Mark McLaughlin, but no, like, it, it didn't have the explosiveness. And the defense, I thought, lacked a little bit too. Uh, so it wasn't just a complete game. And McBain was hurt for part of it. You lost some of your players to the the, the Olympics. It was just a tough year for BC bas- uh, for BC men's hockey. Um, and we'll have to wait to see, you know. Every year now, it feels like, I don't want to say it, but we're kind of waiting on the news on Jerry York of whether he's going to retire. I mean, the guy's getting his, getting up in age, and it just seems like uh, you know it's going to happen sooner rather than later. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and so their season's over. And then finally, baseball dropped two of three to 
uh, Miami in their ACC opener. They won the first game. That was great. And then their pitching showed up. And uh, they got hammered the last two. So uh, t- t- n- n- not a great way to start off your ACC play. But, man, if you want to watch just to watch hitting, BC's got a couple guys this year that are really exciting. Luke Gold, their second baseman, uh, is a top 100 recruit in terms of the NF- NBA, uh, yeah, NBA, Major League Baseball draft. But he's hitting for power. He's, you know, playing very, very well just uh, the last couple of weeks. Watch him. And then Cameron Leary has seven home runs already this year. Um, he's given BC some pop we haven't seen since probably Chris Shaw. Uh, so he's exciting as well. The pitching staff, though, is um, struggling mightily. So we'll have to wait and see if they can figure out something there because that is kind of a mess. On tomorrow's show, we're going to dive into spring football practice, which is kicking back up again. We'll get into any news and notes from that. I'll talk some more recruiting. If you have mailbag questions, please send them over to me at AJBlack uh, underscore BC on Twitter or at BostonCollegeSI at gmail.com. Make sure to include your name and where you're from so I can read your questions on the air for Friday's show. Wednesday, we'll also do our recruiting um uh, recruiting roundup where I give you some more recruiting information that you're going to want to know. So make sure you hit up our podcast whenever you get your podcast or on YouTube. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all again soon. Take care.